0: It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply.
1: You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. As a CEO and fashion authority, I know it's the details that truly matter. And when it comes to luxury, every stitch must be perfectly tailored. At Genesis, they've delivered on every element of the GV80. Two-line LED headlamps accentuate an exterior that exudes athletic elegance. Inside, discover an expansive cabin with ambient lighting. Take a close look at the Genesis GV80 and you'll see. Lux is in the details. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zoe and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, I'm joined by the most incredible entrepreneur and co-founder of Seed Probiotics, Eric Katz. Ara has the most amazing story from very early in her career as a film producer to building a tech startup and eventually co-founding her massively successful business, Seed. From losing her mother in her teens to leaning into her interest in human biology, Ara's journey is truly, truly inspiring. You will not want to miss a minute of this one. So let's get right into it. I'm very excited to talk to you, but I do like to just touch a little bit on the beginning just because I think it's important to understand like who you were, like where you grew up and what kind of kid were you? Were you like shy and super academic,
3: which I would imagine? So I was, you know what? I wasn't, no, I wasn't. I was like a little adult. I was like, um, but loved play. I mean, loved play and loved um I built things. Interesting. I, I built and made a lot of things. And okay. I, I, In a lot of ways, look, I've always, con- I've considered myself an artist. Like right. I've always been, all I did was like create and build things and, and maybe more a designer is a better mm-hmm. way to mm-hmm. think about that, which is I was the kid that was a really good athlete. So sports what? was a really big part of my life.
1: Okay. Discipline. But so
3: was building and so was academics, mm-hmm. but academics were never hard for me right so I didn't try like I wasn't try yeah I didn't try Like, but I definitely I really excelled and that was not the part I never had anxiety about academics ever right I think I I loved learning right and I loved immersing Mm -hmm. and I never felt I never had a challenge like I wasn't like worried about a test or stressed out about it because I really deeply knew the material, or I, sure. under, I really always felt like I got that part. Yeah. Sports was a, a bit, I think, a big part of just like having early confidence uh-huh. and just being able to. And I was really a tomboy, like for sure in elementary school, tomboy. Parents, and you grew like, up in go, New York. where yeah, you grow grew- Yeah, in New York. Yeah. And I was a tomboy. I was in public school until sixth grade. Until a teacher who really saw me and really understood me, I started to get very bored starting in fourth grade Mm. and i started to act out because i was so bored which is what and mrs Edie tenzer who was the head of the gifted program at my school came to my parents and she had a beautiful relationship with her and she came to my parents and she said you got to get this kid out of here i love her but i can't and sure i going to her gifted program was like the highlight of my day it was like we would build oceans i got to immerse to independent study projects like I got to really learn, and then most of my weekends were spent. Me and my dad would make movies. I learned my dad was a photographer, so like I was just, and, and he was an athlete too. So it was like an interesting, like obviously like a lot of sports, but also like we just every Saturday and Sunday morning we were making movies or we were building things. It was when I w- I would build a lot of models. Like I got I would be, I was I wanted to be an architect. Wow. I learned very early on how to make balsa wood m- models of things so I would emulate Frank Lloyd Wright houses and I would make my parents think you know totally t- normal yes. for an it 11, like, 12 year old right It or was yeah it was just yeah it was just like and there was but I also had a very early and this is maybe not always a, maybe a positive it didn't serve me then but certainly I think served me in life which is they, a lot of parenting stuff is you see so much especially now because there's so much parenting content out there. I was the kid that was like super rebellious. I had a lot of conviction and I pretty much didn't understand the word no. And I know I wasn't spoiled at all. I wasn't sure. like, a brat. it was just that if someone just said that you can't do something. I was like, I will do that right now. But, but yeah, you said that. But okay. I think
1: that to your point, I think that's exactly who you are. And that's, I think what she, Absolutely. I think most CEOs would probably say they're not people that accept no, right? That's not really an option. My dad used to say that about me. Like you could sell anything to anyone and no is not an option. And I never really understood what he meant until I got older and would look back and be like, whatever. Like they want to send me to private school. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. There's too much homework. And then like they didn't, and they actually listened to me and I'm like, why'd you listen to me? And my parents were like, because the hell that you would have put us through. For the right. next six years, I didn't want to go here. Bah! So I was like, okay, because it wasn't really cool back then to listen to your kids.
3: Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not, not at all. And I, I also, and I do remember, it, it's funny, like I, I think back, like, I, I was really rebellious when I finally did get put. It was interesting too, because I started my first little business in fourth grade. I was selling, <laughs> I was an impact business. I was selling rainforest t-shirts. To give back to an organization that was doing conservation work. My dad and my family was very into like nature conservation and, and environmental stuff and nature everything. I remember like I would sell this. I remember just feeling that what like, the agency that came from like having your own business. And, and it was interesting. And I and it really did come out of the fact that my parents really didn't understand were not good with money. I didn't, they didn't, they, I grew up like middle class, yeah. but it wasn't, but I was surrounded by extraordinary wealth. Of course. And so I think it definitely, it gave me a crazy hustle. Like that chip on your shoulder can yeah. like, and I wasn't like angry oh about it. Yeah. But I definitely was like, I am never going to be in this place yep. ever. And if I ever have children they are not going to feel like this.
1: Interesting. And I, I definitely had,
3: I definitely had, like, I used to like, when I remember, I don't know if you remember, you probably, you, of course you remember this because of the turning, but remember the turning point in like denim where yeah, all of a sudden of denim was $100, y- right? yes. so,
1: Like at, By like, the like, way, seven, at like, best, it was
3: $100. At best, right. But like seven jeans, right? If you remember when that kind yep. of all Oh happened. yeah, like, when, and in 250 Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> and, but even, it was interesting, I do remember that just because I had to like, not eat lunch at school to save money so that i could buy right and it was just interesting like where i would figure out how to like make money and so it was just interesting because like i was i think it just gave me you can have all the things we're talking about but i also think i always sometimes think about where as a creative person like where the hustle come from of course because of course you can have drive and you can like yes in sports you can want to win sure but there is like a kind of hustle that I do think came from that period of time when I went into a private school mm-hmm. and I was just surrounded by so much that it's like a brand new world.
1: What school was um, that?
3: I went to Hearst Oh, Jesus. City. You were like, yeah. you were like, oh, no, the, it was like, babe, you were like in the heart of Gossip Girl. Oh, I guess like, a, a thousand percent. It was interesting. <laughs> now, you have to remember, I was never, it, it was not, yes, it was eye opening from that perspective. But I loved it because it felt like I was going to college. Yeah, of course. Like the teacher, like of the education it's the was the caliber
1: like, of everything.
3: The caliber of education was of like I was like you could have these conversations with teachers, and I think, and again, like a lot of the rich kids that were there were like always complaining about homework and of course. complaining about it. Of course. And I'm just like, yo, like bring I don't it think on. Guys, this is like, it. like yeah. it, this is great. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just. And I know how hard my parents worked to figure that out and I uh, financial aid and all the other things. And, and to have such an appreciation and, as an yes, adult. Oh, like a thousand percent that I, I really credit. I say to my dad, my mom died when I was 16, but I say to my dad all the time that decision changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. It really did. And it wasn't just because of the education. I think it was because of the hustle I got. Yeah. I think it was because of the exposure. I think it was because... I wasn't bored anymore. I wasn't yep. acting. I wasn't acting out. <laughs> I to say, I was like a not no. acting out teenager. But I, low I low think that's me.
1: important, actually, your your point, because I think we see it so much in kids now, and it's it's kids that are so intelligent that are not challenged enough, act out, and then they get labeled. They get a hundred labels of. ADHD or they're dyslexic. or and, And by the way, many of them may be true or not true. But a lot of times it's just an extremely intelligent kid who's bored out of their mind and is too young to express the fact that they're bored. And to your point, I think that, listen, I think there are kids that really need what you clearly needed. And I think that The motivators, because it's definitely a question like where your ambition comes from. And I love what you said earlier, because I I have a a very successful friend, entrepreneur, like just I watched her go from being an assistant in like PR to basically being a CEO of three companies and all this stuff. And she comes from nothing like ghettos of London. And she had multiple siblings. And she was like, I was so clear from the age of nine that I was never going to live like this as an adult, and that my children would never feel like I feel right now. And so I think that in and of itself, but you had wonderful parents and still have wonderful father. But I, I, so it's not about love. It's just about what's around you and what you need. But it's interesting. So then, okay, so you go through school, you stay, you're in private school all through till you go to college and you went to... Going to Tufts. Such a good school. I never
3: saw it till the day I got there. But my mom died. My mom died when everyone was going to college, and that was another thing, right? Like I get that'll destroy man, you. Thousand dollar an hour, like college counselors. Yeah. I well, like, there's been some disruption. Yeah, about it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> given some of the things that have happened uh-huh. since then but like everyone getting sat tutor and so yeah. i actually just never went through that process because my mom was dying mm-hmm. and so i never got to see colleges i never really and so tufts offered me to play tennis there wow. and so I, I went for tennis and my mom's two best friends who are like my my, my godmothers were both in boston so it just i felt like yeah. a little bit of a, a softer landing yeah. when i look back at going to school it was funny because i didn't going to high school in New York. I did a lot of things very early right. growing up in New York. I think a lot of New yeah. York kids grow a lot up of real like big kids. Yeah, you grew up real quick. real quick. So I had done like a lot of the things that a lot of people do in college mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. by the time I was 16. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to school, I was like, no, I don't think like, I don't like get blackout drunk. I'm like, I'm here right. <laughs> just like I'm ready to work. I'm just ready to like make things and be in the world. Yes. And so I was just like I was done. And so I really just wanted to work. And so I actually, I would just like intern all the time. I would build my own, I ma- yeah, built my own minor. I was just like always working. I spent most Friday, Saturday nights, like honestly in the library and like watching films and learning. Like I, I what just, about
1: social? Did you have a lot of friends or not so much?
3: My mom had just died. And so I did have friends and I had a lot of friends in the Greek system. And I had a lot of friends outside of that system. I tried to be in a sorority which oh, is I look back sometimes for I think I maybe lasted like 20 a second right but it was really just I think an effort to try and feel a little community yeah. my mom had just died but that was definitely not for me and I think that I've always been like a loner that has a lot of good friends mm-hmm. in but not like big groups of friends right. together right that's always been when I yeah. look back at like the pattern of my life so yep. I've never had that like one group which is something that I think is a beautiful thing when it happens, but just for whatever reason, it hasn't been yeah. the way my friendships have developed. And so I did have a lot of really good friendships, but they were not like I wasn't like had my crew right at all, so to speak. And I ended up, and I also ended up dating someone really seriously starting like my junior year. Mm-hmm. So I was he was in Boston, and I'm not a tough, so we, I was with him quite a right. bit. Yeah, I cover- just. I was born that way. I think it's why I always spend so much time and really gravitated towards the grownups and adults when I was younger. I just would like always love to spend time with grownups and learn. And just, I just always felt much more connected to grownups when I was younger.
1: When did your first, so you've always had, and by the way, I very much relate to it. If my parents were like, you don't have to go to college, you can just start working. Yep. I would have hundred percent taken that yep. a, a thousand percent. I was so much more interested in that. And, you know, I would argue to say that I learned more in the first six months of working. <laughs> you know, um, than I did in school, but I, so then you didn't go to grad school, right? You didn't do any of
3: that. I didn't go to grad school, but I was, I did two fellowships and, and programs. I ended up in the, during high school, I, sorry, during college, I did teach myself to code on um, websites. <laughs> So that was the way that I was, like, making <laughs> Sounds money. Sounds exactly so, like what
1: I was doing in college. Yeah. <laughs> so, so,
3: so I was, like, I was always, like, into tech. I was always yeah. into tech. Like, my whole life I've been, like, obsessed with technology and, like, design. And so I did learn tech. And also just it was how I would make money. Like, right, people course. pay me to make their websites. Yep. And so I learned graphic design. I learned te- I learned just, like, basic coding at that time, of course. What I used to have to code, of course, now you can just go to Canva or whatever right. website and make right. it yourself. But used to have to code all of those things in HTML, which is like I, which is what I used to do. And so I would have like clients and stuff during school. And so I, I this, right?
2: You like loved it? Yeah. Oh, I love I
3: love building. I just love building things. I just love building things and like design. Yeah, I love doing design. But I did after school. So after working for a while, I I did a visiting fellowship at the MIT Media Lab, and I helped establish a, a group there called the Center for the Future of Storytelling, which uh-huh. is really I think become the through line of my career, which is like just the interest storytelling being like an, a, a weird word for like design, tech, like how you translate things, really complex things to people. And then of course, how you tell and make that connect on a human level and that. And then I also did a CCA fellowship in human centered design. As well, so those were like formal grad school. you s- such students, an
1: underachiever, era. <laughs> like, yeah, what but those the it, hell.
3: We, but it was interesting. I really I fell into some of the None of, I. Wouldn't want anyone listening to this to think that I somehow plotted this on a chart. I think there are some people who are like, I have goals and I this is how I'm going to achieve. Yeah, like, I'm not that person. It happened very, all of this organically like, or I think beautifully unfolded and, and compounded on itself to reveal over time. Because during this period of time, I was really mostly working in like Hollywood making film. I was making movies during this period of time and I started in media. I just happened to be able to like, I was early in media, but also early in tech. So like Hollywood hadn't caught up with tech. So I ended up having a skill set that like made. My work like in design and tech like different like, unique. unique at yeah. that time because yeah. Hollywood and the film world was very late to that space
1: right so how okay so let's talk about that for a second let's talk about being early
3: yeah sure <laughs> <'Cause, yes. laughs>
1: because timing really is everything and sometimes early and being the first or being one of the first is it's not always the greatest right and I get asked that question a lot and I there are real pros and real cons sometimes, and I'm curious, like how after school and after, so you moved out here right away? You came to California. No,
3: I was going back and forth between New York, Boston, and LA okay. because I, I started independent film producing right. basically in school, right? And I was able to start as a producer just simply because I learned that kind of the hustle. I was able to raise money from people like early, like I, that, I was just That's like a able gift, to raise. money. the way no no that's a gift trust me I've come to really (laughs) understand really a gift yes so I was able to raise I was able to raise money and so I was able to just start as a producer like I didn't work for anyone I I did have internships Um, I did intern at a bunch of film companies but I never really had a job I just I started producing right out of school during school and then just continued after school and it was interesting speaking of first I ended up and I don't know if you remember this like the early I ended up meeting and becoming embedded in this group of like young South American filmmakers mm-hmm. and I loved film like right. film was like my like as I said I would sit in the library I didn't know that European. about you I did not know film that. is film has always been I was a filmmaker I think like, of you, you as techie called, science yeah no but film was really my first is is and, and was my I think started as my first love and that really came from honestly like a lot of high school like I learned that sitting in a dark room with movies was like a therapy for me mm-hmm. always like connecting to the human experience mm-hmm. in a way that like no other art form th- does it for me mm-hmm. and loves and have appreciation for music and art but like film to me is this is a journey that i i think to, has always stuck with me and I, you see it in a lot of the things i've done even outside of film and so i ended up embedded early on this group of south american film It was right when if you remember when alfonso cuarón and all these mm-hmm. Inaritu, yep, like, all these big yep. filmmakers. No one had heard of these people. Yep. No one, Inaritu, like Amores Peros and like all these early movies. Like no one knew like any of these filmmakers. No, no, no. And I ended up producing a Bolivia, actually with this young Bolivian filmmaker that was part of that crew. ended up f- producing his fil- first film. And it went on to be like the first film that was ever nominated, like, and ever submitted for an Oscar from the country of Bolivia, which was like crazy. <laughs> and it was just like this amazing, and it just launched me into the world of mostly like the independent world. But sure. at that time, the indi- the independent film world was like the thing. Yeah, like, it was course. really. You remember like Sundance, yeah, man, of course. Like, and it, like it was like the Spiel yeah.
1: awards, which I feel like
3: yeah, really talks exactly. about now. No, <laughs> and so that was just like that was my world for a long time. And they made a bunch of films, like. I produced, if you remember, Pallonesia yep. Tem Paris, I Love yep. You. And well, that made like all these like crazy, interesting movies. And I put Emma Stone in one of her first films. I just, it's just a fun fact it, you know, that I
1: never knew about you. you like ever and, possible.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you can do on IMDb. Okay. So, and, but wait,
1: so how did you flip? Because I feel like that's like a whole, so what was the like
3: I'll tell you. Pivot. Yeah, I, I can tell you. So tell it was, me. I had produced, the last film that I produced, so The book. There was a book that changed my life in high school, and it was called The People's History of the United States, it was written by Howard Zinn. Do you remember the scene in Good Will Hunting when Matt Damon takes, Robin Williams takes a book off the shelf and hands it to Matt Damon, Uh and he says, you want to read a real book? Yeah. This book will knock you on your ass. Yeah. That book is, Matt Damon had the rights to it forever with Ben Affleck because they both knew Howard Zinn from Boston. And Howard Zinn is like one of the most extraordinary professors who has always taught true history of this country and i read it in mr geovirus's class in 11th grade a horseman it changed my fucking life wow. and i remember and so i had the opportunity to go produce matt and ben had been trying to get that made for a very long time and i had become friendly with chris moore if you remember project greenlight mm-hmm. and like chris matt and then oh, yeah. they all done that together and I became friendly with Chris and Chris said, come make this with me. And we were, we, mean, it was like, and we, we were working, we did it out of J.J. Abrams offices. Oh and God. so this movie was like Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, like Lupe Fiasco, like John Legend, like my Josh God. Brolin, Viggo Mortensen, Marissa Tomei, Carrie Washington. It was like every extraordinary artist that Eddie better that you ever, that I ever would want to work with. And I was like, I can drop the mic now. Right. And so we made the film, I was working of J. Abrams offices, and I think that, at the same time, there had been some really interesting, and this is around the time when I met you, actually, because I had always had my fingers in tech, mm-hmm. but this was when MySpace had just sold to to Rupert Murdoch yep. and News Corp. Yep. And they and my friend, a couple of guys that I knew were starting, were working out of the incubator that Rupert Murdoch had set up mm-hmm. or that News Corp had set up to say what's next in tech. Sure. I think thinking about like the evolution of all their, their, their news platforms, et cetera, and they're just like, Listen, we need to go create the guys a lot of the tech guys who had started like myspace were like why don't you come with us we're gonna do the big we're gonna we're gonna start something at e-commerce and i was like i just want to get out I, I i now have made the film i wanted to make but i also really had the tech bug and i was like why don't i just do it with the people who started myspace that sounds interesting wow. and we that's when we started beachman and we got they literally flew up north got five million dollars from nea came back and I was on the founding team. We like, you know, the rest. But that was my, like, oh, education. Not that, my about, not that I cared about, not that I cared about, as you, you know me, I wasn't, that I was the customer because yeah, we had, for anyone who doesn't know listening, that was, we had worked with a number of celebrities to really start these different brands and subscription commerce brands in different verticals with mary kate Ashley olson and, with, and kate bosworth was probably the most successful that was in jewelry and so that was like my first and i just got to build the whole thing with them and it was it was a ex- really exciting exceptional experience again not that it was the thing that i would have was like what my heart was like aligned sure. with putting out in the world but it was like the most extraordinary experience and like, i learned so much about tech i learned so much about building on the internet i got to take all of my filmmaking create all this content Really understand like the content commerce, how people buy things online. You know, it was really my interweb experience. I understood like technology before mm-hmm. then, but that was like internet in a way that it was very different than what I knew. And, and you weren't married
1: like, yet, Eric, right? You no, no, yet? I had no, me, I, no, I like, was totally married. single at this time. I way. wasn't, yes, or whatever,
3: yeah, Un- um, Unmarried. yeah at the whatever exactly at the beginning <laughs> of that, exactly. I had met actually. It's interesting. I had met uh, when I was at working at J.R.M.'s offices. My now husband, yep. and father of two children. Came over there for lunch to meet me for a meeting, uh, which is like a business meeting. That's how we met.
1: Get Um, out of here. Of course, you would meet your husband at a business meeting. In a business meeting. That would make perfect sense. Like how to set ERA up with a guy. Yeah, it's incredibly cliche. cliche. (laughs)
3: Totally. (laughs) It was very cliche. And it was funny because he was starting, he also was in tech and he had started Vidi at the time, which was like, like it was if you remember vidi and vine came huh? up around yep. the same time yeah. they had this huge offer from twitter like they had like 100 million I mean, it was like it was just like he, we were both yeah. kind of riding this like tech wave it was a crazy experience and then and then i really had the opportunity i think i'd gotten that to a certain place and i realized that that was when the iphone was really like yep. blowing up yeah. and and I really had this itch to really understand like the mobile world. They talk about being first, right? Like, right. It was like, and even in e-commerce, I was yep. like, very early first. It was yep. incredibly exciting, like yep. subscription, like these like, new way of doing things. Then it was like, the, the phone was coming along and I've always was like, oh, this is going to zero to one everything. This is going to fundamentally change yep. the way we do every, everything. Yep. And so I founded with two, with three, three co-founders in New York. I founded Spring, which mm-hmm. was this mobile commerce company. And that was my, I got to launch Apple Pay with Apple. We were like, we were up there on the screen with the first 15 brands on on the Apple keynote. And it was super exciting. And I got to really understand and and learn mobile, which I think was incredibly interesting. But again, another thing where it was like selling things and doing something that I did it for the intellectual, like, oh, this is interesting. I want to understand. This is is challenging my brain. I don't don't care about helping people buy things online. Like it was like, No, it felt, and I'm only saying that because I definitely did things that I felt were not necessarily from an alignment perspective. It wasn't like, oh, this is a thing I want to put out in the world. But there was absolutely an intellectual, a deep understanding that it was like this learning. It was like this constant, continual learning. Because I was going to
1: say that about you. I think there is something slightly contradictory about an obsession with tech and an obsession with film and an obsession with building. And because it's funny, everything about you, like obviously your obsession with learning and challenging your mind. And I think this like amazing admiration for tech, right? So I totally get that because tech is something that has transformed all of our lives in every possible way. But you, the person that I know, it's mm-hmm. like you would be the person that would still like handwrite everything if you could, or like yep. never carry a plastic bag. Bottle or you know, everything and not that's tech, but I guess what I'm saying is like. I would see you still on an actual typewriter if there was an option, just because yeah. that fits your.
3: It's a funny, it's a so really you're a funny. Little oxymoron. I know. It's funny. It's that I would, it's funny. Like I would, it's, it's I want Starlink, but live in the forest, right? right. It's right. an interesting
1: right. dichotomy
3: it, there. But that's partially why I like to understand these things. It's, I never wanted technology to happen to me. Right. I wanted to play a role in figuring out how it was going to get far to block less in some way. Yeah, but but it was also, it, was, it wasn't even, like, defensive as much as it's, I think that we live, there's a beautiful quote that I will botch that, like, we, that I think it was Carl Sagan said, we live in a society that we don't fully understand. Yes. And I, I think that, that we have, I think there's another quote that he did not say, someone else said, which is, we have these paleolithic minds living in a world that we don't, that very small percent of us actually fundamentally understand. Yeah. And it didn't, it's not really a contradiction when you think about what I care about existentially, right? which is like I deeply, and it goes back to film, which is I deeply want to understand the human experience. Right. And I would be the, the pioneer. It's like when you're hiking, it's like there's always someone at the front, right? Yeah. And I want to be that person at the front because I. it's the pioneering that I think actually is like the most interesting to me. And whether that is launching apple pay or just being at the front of the hike yeah i think that's and there's an existential need for me not to be like oh i don't want the technology to take over me like it's much more of a i want to so deeply understand these things because i actually believe that they can then ultimately make a tremendous impact in our lives they need to be humanized and they need to be like deeply understood to be able to do that and it is you're definitely right that there's like a there's, it would seem to be like a very kind of like in, uh, dichotomy of like contradiction. Mm-hmm. But in in a lot of ways, like I, it's funny, like I, there are certain things that I want to be very efficient at, like yes. communication, right? Like time. I, I, I time <laughs> and like how you think about those things. But then I also really, the building piece is very fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And the way that you like really think about creating and understanding your context. Look, we see it play out every single day right now, right? The algorithms are controlling like our entire understanding and experience of what's happening in the world right now.
1: As a CEO, fashion authority, and mom, I know it's the details that truly matter. And when it comes to luxury, every stitch must be perfectly tailored. That's why driving the sleek Genesis GV80 is such a luxurious experience. The SUV's exterior design, including two-line LED headlamps, exudes athletic elegance. When you sit inside the expansive GV80 cabin, you can customize the ambient interior lighting to match your current mood, a feature that makes driving in LA a more relaxed and serene experience. So go ahead, take a close look at the Genesis GV80, and you'll see Lux is
3: in the details. Like our children, we are all, and by the way, we're all consuming this on on advertising platforms. So if you really just, and our whole realities are constructed. And so uh, for me, like it is actually all very existentially the same because I feel like when you pioneer things, you can feel and and be at the forefront of something that at least even in my own little way guides it towards what I hope it could be.
1: And you're not letting it take you you're taking yeah, it a-
3: absolutely and, and it would never just be it's look at ai right now yeah. right like terrifying I, you it, it, that's what everybody says terrifying right yeah. because that's the first response if of you don't immerse yourself in it and start to deeply understand it's less. what scary. is it how is it right and then if the same thing with what we're experiencing in yeah. world events Jeez. the people who are sitting back and taking a second to deeply understand and then there's of mm-hmm. course the immune response that is happening with. I don't want to talk about like,
1: the mean response. We <laughs> get all just, fired up, no, but, but yeah. no, of course, but, but yeah, of
3: course, but, everybody, everybody gets all fired up, and it's really there is a there. You're right, and it's an interesting contradiction that you think, but it's also I the pioneering piece and and being at the front front of things is something that could feel like very tacky and then contradictory. To, oh, I care about the environment, or I don't care. carry yeah, this water bottle, of course. but there's a there's like a look technology is going to save our planet. Yes, I we have to inv- invest in early stage science and technology to find the things that are going to sequester carbon.
2: Yeah. To find goodness.
3: the things that are yep. so like for me to me like they you you have to deeply understand these things because those are the things that are also going to save us.
1: Yeah. And agree.
3: really meaningfully and I and so in a lot of ways like I see why you would think it's very contradictory, but to me, me, it feels very...
1: But but it does go back to what you originally said, which is you are a designer, you are an artist, you you are a creator, and I want to go to one of the most important things because I think it's such a big part of who you are and how I got to know you even better, which is Seed. And I want to talk about it because I think it's so important. It's years ago, there was all this outbreak of probiotics, probiotics, these gummies. Oh my God, if you can take these, it'll change your digestion. It'll change your stomach. It'll change your whole being, your skin and this and that. And of course, we all buy all these chewy gummies filled with sugar, give them to our kids, give them to (laughs) whatever. And then we get on the phone with you and you proceed to tell Roger and I like, okay, hey. And you start breaking down, and all of a sudden, this big word that I feel like for you is like saying hello microbiome. Yeah. And but I also think seed combines all your passions and all Everything. your things, right? And but it is so vastly different and groundbreaking in every possible way from science and obviously like it broke down many walls in many things and is unlike any other product out there, which is why it's been so successful. But it's funny because I was talking to my producer earlier and she was like, one of the greatest things about seed is when someone takes it. So it, the packaging, which I want to talk about as well at some point, is it's so unique, right? So seed is such an important message and it's so impactful. And I think it's product first, right? But I think what's so cool about it is not only does it work, but it's also cool to take seed. And that's like a very hard thing to do. And we've seen really prominent people, not paid, taking the seed and living and swearing by seed. And it's funny because she said to me, I know who takes seed. You see it in their Instagrams because it's like on their counter and you can see it, you know? So it's very interesting. So I want to talk about seed and why you started seed because I think it's really important. I think everyone, if they don't know about seed, should know about seed. Yes.
3: The part of my trajectory that we didn't talk about that will make seeds snap to some sort of grid in the story is that in high school, so it was really interesting. My mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer at 48 years old, which is like both very early, Mm -hmm. very unusual for a woman. Mm -hmm. She lasted 361 days from diagnosis to dying. And ironically, and interestingly, she worked at Memorial Sloan Kettering, ironically, which if anyone knows, the greatest ho- cancer yeah. hospitals and institutions in the world. But what had happened during that period of time, and I would say even maybe prior to that, a little bit, just because I was an athlete, is that I had developed like an extraordinary fascination with like human health, with like our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I really was so fascinated and In high school when she was sick, I learned to read, I learned to research clinical trials, and I learned to read scientific papers. Obviously not to the extent maybe I can do today, but it certainly was like my first window into how does science happens. And then how does it make its way to humans? And how do we make all these decisions? You have to remember, you and I come out of the generation of the cholesterol generation. And fat is bad. <laughs> HDL, and cholesterol HTH, is bad. I'm and so this is yeah. all like all these ideas of we also come out of the antibiotics show where mm-hmm. antibiotics were given spence mm-hmm. candy. Yep. And so I just developed this. I always, I, it's very similar to what I was saying earlier. Is I just want to know. Yeah. Everyone, like, and I remember very early on. intellectual curiosity, honestly. Like, but my doctor would say, and this is way before in, in, integrative and functional medicine was where it is today. And my uh, doctors would say things and I'm like, I just don't believe you. Right. I don't believe, and not, that, not because I was like no, upset that my mom yeah. was sick, but I was like, I don't believe that you're working sense. from a full set or full understanding of this. And it feels like you're just saying the thing you said in the last patient or what, what five papers did you yourself read this past week to enrich your own understanding? Mm-hmm. And I became very frustrated with, the medical profession's lack of keeping up with science. Tired of spills and stains on your
0: sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's a n a b e icom Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply.
2: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns.
0: It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's a n a b e icom Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply.
2: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns.
4: are you ready to share some joy and celebrate international women's day m&ms has partnered with iheart for women take the mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other and of course there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure peanut butter m&ms because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast. Happy International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. In some
3: capacity, I became very frustrated with how people who need science, i.e. clinical trials and clinical research at that time, you have to remember, of course, it's much better and more sophisticated now, found their way to even good science and find their way to clinical trials because it was very not centralized on the Internet the way it is today. Mm -hmm. And I also just started realizing, like, how many decisions we make every day for our health that are informed by stupidity. Yeah.
1: No, it's true. And
3: then when all of the fat and cholesterol, like all that stuff, and I would watch how like lobbying organ, like lobbying groups would just basically like control the way the American public understood something like sugar or yeah. like smoking or yeah. this. I and you know, you have to remember, I was a very, as I said, I was a very subversive very combative, very rebellious kid and teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just don't buy any of this. Mm-hmm. And that became like, I've somehow became over many years, the person that would never, not dispense medical advice by any stretch, but people would just start asking me things because I was good at researching them. Sure, That was it. Right. What do you think of this? And, and I remember in college, people would ask me, this supplementation wasn't what it is today, right? right. People would ask me about this. Or, and I would just do a lot of research because it was fascinating oh. to me. And so my like side hustle, like just in my, was always like just wanting to understand this stuff. And then my, when then my, I got a a taste of much closer glimpse into biotech and pharma with my ex-boyfriend, because he worked at a number of pharma companies and I started to really understand the way that drugs were developed. Mm -hmm. And I got very close with a number of like truly extraordinary scientists that he was working with at that time. It was like in my multiple myeloma research. And I started to understand how clinical trials worked. And I think just over, I think for a long time, and and one really important point when my mom was sick, even though she, of course, came out of a very Western medical system because she was working at Memorial Sloan Kettering, when you're dying, you will literally try anything.
1: Yeah, I have a friend who's dying. There
3: were people coming in with. I had Reiki healers coming Mm -hmm. through our house. We had like crazy like bovine supplements coming from like Belgium. Like Mm -hmm. we had people like. My mom's friend like flew to Paris to go get some crazy thing that yeah. she was gonna try. Like you, you will have try to lose. No, matter, no what no matter what you believe, you will literally try anything. It's true. And so I got a much closer than up at that time, also up glimpse into the more integrative and functional, what at that time people would call it woo-woo or Eastern world. Sure. Because of course she was trying everything. And so I started to also look at the disparity between the East and the West. Mm-hmm. Started trying to understand and recon- reconcile why they were at such odds with each other, too. And so then it was very interesting. I cut forward to being working at Spring, mm-hmm. having a very fast-growing mobile app, mm-hmm. being very sexy, funded by LVMH. Yeah. I'm like, oh, i like, all well, sexy, yep. sexy. Did I say yep. sexy? No, no. I know what you no,
1: mean. Knowing yes. I have
3: air quotes for all the people listening. <laughs> sexy things that one would but also in being a woman in tech, some of those things like were meaningful, right? Like I got to I was become you become a role model for a lot of yep. it's hard uh, certainly yep. now easier, but like at that time it was also yep. still a little bit challenging. And um, I had a miscarriage and it really was like uh, which by the way, I'm one of the rare people that kind of think those are one of the more beautiful biological things that can happen. Of course it's very sad if you have a wanted a child, of course, but the idea that our own biology knows that it's it, it that this isn't viable is an extraordinary gift Yes, that, and, and a wisdom that our yes. biology offers us. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't that, yes, I was, of course, sad, but I also felt that it was like there was something that triggered for me that that life, that, that life wasn't viable, mm-hmm. but like the life I was living wasn't viable. Mm-hmm. There was something that felt out of alignment, didn't feel right. I was killing myself for a mobile app. Right. I was like, <laughs> right. "What am I? I'm so much right. smarter than what am I doing? Right. Like, I I need to this go doesn't back." Mean anything to me? Yes, this doesn't mean it. Mean, no, the people I worked with mean that meant things to me. I care. I, it was meaningful in the sense of being the early and being the pioneer piece. There's an intellectual piece, but from a heart and existential place, yeah. that's not what right. I want to create. Right. And I think you get to a point where you've made enough things or you've done enough things, whether yeah. it's jobs or. Just live some more years yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just like, literally, what the fuck am I doing?
1: It's so true. I think
3: at every decade or every period of time, you have these just, what the fuck am I doing moment. Yes.
1: When I had had Sky, when I had my first son and then solidified when I had my second son.
3: Uh, Absolutely. And what's
1: taking you from your
3: life, right? Absolutely. And that time. And what is the life that you... Yeah. Want to cultivate all the things. and I think I think especially women because you there's a lot of it, it, there's a lot of and particularly in the worlds I was in your identity also and you your identity is your, your brand is yeah. literally your name right yeah, like, like your identity mm-hmm. is really tied up in some of this stuff and it wasn't because I was like some egomaniac it's just that your identity becomes like if I'm not doing this then like really who am I and yeah. what am I what does yeah. that mean and I think that for whatever reason, sometimes you have these moments that like, whether it was the miscarriage or it was the timing, and it was the confluence of things, it was a pivotal trigger, the catalyst that became for me, what do I want to create? And it was very interesting around that same time, I actually got pregnant very shortly after that. And it was around that same time that I met my co-founder, Raja, and started, had been tra- I had been tracking the microbiome again, just as somebody who was nerdy in that space, been tracking the <laughs> microbiome for a while he had been tracking it since 2006 and I think we just met each other at a moment where I realized and I, I felt very similar to the mobile phone yeah. the microbiome to me was like this framework change right this entirely new way it, look we've studied human biology from for for centuries millennia actually and we it was like we were only looking at part of us Mm -hmm. and yet 50% of the cells in our body are not human right and I was like oh there's another half of us that we don't know about that we're starting and I was like this is it this is it and the more I understood it and the more I immersed in it and the more he and I spent understanding what that was going to look like and what we predicted for the future which by the way I'm, I'm proud to say when I go back to our early decks is all happening it's Fundamentally, is I was like I could spend the rest of my life in this field if I needed to. This You're is going, so to, this is here, going yeah. to. This is going to. This is going. But it's not even. It, this is going to change. It's like genetic. Right. It's yeah, yeah, genetic. yeah. Like this. Is, it's, I'm
1: making a difference in in the absolutely. lives of every person at this. Point.
3: Uh, absolutely. But and it was just like and also the like the revelation of understanding of our bodies of disease of the way we need to live and then of course the seed which is how we got our name. I was pregnant when we started the company, and Mm seeding is the process by which you first receive your foundational microbes that basically become the blueprint for your GI and immune system and of course set in 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 place that you're partially your health trajectory Mm -hmm. of what your life is going to be from a health perspective and the idea that and we started off really focused on the early window of life where you can make a huge impact that work will hit in the next couple of years Mm -hmm. it's been a a long kind of r -R d process Um, became to me, I was like, whoa, I could create a, a company, take all of my tech brain and put in like, a platform, create like the biotech piece of this, which is the part of our company that most people know, our green jar. And then below the, below the water, the ice, everyone sees the iceberg. They're like, oh, cool. Instagram, great green jar, right. awesome product. <laughs> yes. Below the water is like a biotech company that totally. like, develops drugs had one of the best bioinformatics teams in the world, works, had one of the most robust scientific microbiome boards in the world, works on all kinds of crazy future stuff. And of course, is probably the part that I'm the most proud of, yeah. but above the, above the water and the, in the part that you talked about and what fits on social media mm-hmm. and people know Branding, us for. Which is so um, important by the way. Yeah, by. Uh, absolutely. That has, that's been like my most beautiful, like storytelling exercise of my life, really the opportunity to bring together the things I deeply care about, but obviously to do it all from the place of, I get to impact people's lives every day. Like I get to impact yes. people's health. I mean, that is like truly the most extraordinary and exciting. I think part of it, which is like, it's no longer about converting someone to like a purchase, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, I get to look at every day, like at just today, like I could pull up our Slack channel, five more people being like, this changed my life. And I think that the, the ability to combine, of course, I couldn't have done it without my co-founder who oversees like all of the R&D and science programs that we do. It, that, and when I think about that I was able to call that in and we, as you said, timing is everything. And we met at a moment where the field was just taking the velocity of this field was yep. taking off. And then the opportunity to take what I really am proud of is like a really new approach and taking all of my tech brain and the design and, and all of these things that just come together through the lens of this new world of the microbiome. It's I do pinch myself every day yeah. because I truly get to create the future. It's and that's thing. like a beautiful thing.
1: Like whenever Roger and I get to talk to you, where I was like, I can't wait to talk to Era to figure out how her world domination is going to What's next? What is she changing in my oh, life? What is she yes. changing in the world? And it's- I can't change
3: anything for Roger next, but I can tell you that <laughs> it's going to change a lot of women's lives next.
1: I am so excited. And it's funny because I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a room where people were like, oh my God, you guys, I was feeling so not well. And I started taking this thing called Seed. Have you heard of it? And I literally just feel so like I love it because I think what starts, I think part of being an entrepreneur is starting with an idea, finding enough people that believe you, right. <laughs> and then watching it grow like a seed, right? Yes. And so I just, watching this grow from the beginning and obviously having known you from different parts of life and work, but it's just, to me, it's the most unique to you, and so on brand for Erica. <laughs> Which, by Something. the way, anyone who called you Ara, that is not right. It is Era, and so I had to completely retrain myself. By the way,
3: thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. It's, I will. I hope you, do, but you do appreciate that. Like it's funny. You probably had this too, where people give you compliments or they say those things, but I believe you, but I don't believe you. I believe you. It's but like,
1: that's cute. Like I think yeah, that's, you're like, doing great, honey.
3: But I'm like. <laughs> Do people really say that? Because you you always yes, yes. want, it's, as you said at the beginning, the top is not, I don't even see the top of the mountain. Well, and so you it's funny. It's a funny feeling.
1: You don't see the top. And I don't think anyone, I really don't think, I have very few people in my life that perceive themselves as being at the top. Because I think most people that are at the top want to go to a higher top, right? Right but I think that's the beauty. Like I always say, my anxiety is my superpower, right? Because the, the minute I get complacent, oh, I'm here, I'm good. No, 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 no. What's totally. next? We gotta do more. Like we gotta Absolutely. do more, we gotta do better. But at the same time, I think that the way I look at your path is every single bit of your, from a very young age, whether it's sports, your education, public school to private school, all the things, the thing that I think is really important to note is that every part of that has been a brick in the house that you're living in now.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And, and I would like to know, certainly, before we go, I'd really love to know, like, what has been really for you one of the greatest challenges that you've had? Like, what sort of keeps you awake at night? Because you are a high-strung person. You're a very bohemian zen person but you're also high strung and like this driven force that like really is not stoppable so i feel like what are the things that what has been the greatest challenge you and i have talked about too many men in the room and then when there was women in the room those women pretended to want to support you but actually didn't because i know i've experienced that but so what has been your greatest challenge if there's one or it could be two or it could be none but i'm curious
3: it's a few things. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is that there are so many things that I want to do with Seed because I see so many opportunities for yeah. impact. Yeah. And you can't do them all. You can.
1: You can, but like one at a time.
3: Yes. Because that's and I think
1: as an entrepreneur, that's the sort of thing that I think yes. we trip over the most. It's like too many things at once because your brain yes. is about to explode.
3: And <laughs> I think I have to get comfortable with what happens when you're larger and yeah. you're maybe making a bigger impact. Yeah. But it doesn't. I am a Raja, Raja and myself are both like what we would call individuals. we'll be we calling the big company world individual contributors, which is a, is a <laughs> way of saying, which is, a, which is a way of saying that we would be horrible to be managed. Yeah. But that doesn't, but we love to do things ourselves. Yes. And this is a typical pain, yes. I think, that a lot of founders see when you scale yeah
1: one of the biggest but i I think think
3: that it's there are certain things that you have to let go of so that you can actually make a greater impact i think that's certainly one one thing that i lose sleep over because there's so many things that i believe we could be doing Mm
2: -hmm.
3: that i'd really like to be doing or i like to be doing faster
1: (laughs) that's so my issue i think that that's certainly
3: that's yes but I do have that then part of me, uh-huh. like that grounded part of me that also does believe that you do things as you need and I, I don't mean this in like the universe like way. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm too controlling for it to think the universe <laughs> universe does <laughs> these things does anything. But I think that is something that I have to reconcile as a creator for sure. And then I think the second thing has probably much more to do with being just being a parent actually, mm-hmm. and doing seed, which is, I think has a lot more to do with like all the things that I want to be doing for my children mm-hmm. and how I feel like I would like to be showing up. Yeah. And really like the reconciliation of what I am able to do in this moment yep. and getting okay with that. I think that in some ways takes up more of my grain yeah, and, and that's the most, on- really a very yeah. honest answer. And like, realizing that like what really loses out and and i'll give you the most honest answer is my relationship is my marriage yeah because you have i have seed and i have children Uh and it's and then you're just like and my showers are on my calendar (laughs) (laughs) and you're like i shower at midnight yeah so so do i I it's also like my happy place because it bothers me (laughs) so it's like uh it's more like 10 30 in my house but like it's the same idea and i it's there, there is for someone who needs to, it's not even about winning, but who wants to yeah. keep going yes. and has the things to build. Yes. There is a moment where you have to reconcile, uh-huh. like where you have to stop. Of course. In certain, even just in a day, yeah. right? Like in yeah. what time to go to sleep. Yeah. Can you show up to this child's thing and this child, mm-hmm. can you do all Can you, all you go with your things? husband
1: to the thing or does he? Yeah, yeah
3: exactly. And I, I think it. it's just like. That ongoing negotiation and getting to a place of peace with Mm -hmm. it, that you're just like, you know what, I'm going to do what I can do today, Mm -hmm. which actually is my greatest contradiction. If you want to talk about contradictions, because I am the person that's, no, let's just get to the next campsite by the sunset. We can do it. Right. Versus being like, let's just set up camp here because it's okay. Sure, sure. Weight, right. As it yeah. just as an analogy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I think children are beautiful teachers in this way. Like then they're the greatest teachers. Yeah. And I think that I have my greatest like angst really comes from it's not the wanting to do it all like typical trope. No. It's just now like it's very like it's very challenging of like it's much more of a way that I would let it's letting go in some ways of just saying that in this particular moment. And I take it in small increments of time. I try to, like for the next three to six months, this is the reality of where my limitations are. Sure. And that's a hard thing for me to acknowledge.
1: It, it's, I would pretty much say that it is the most common thread that a challenge would be that pull and that guilt on all sides yep. between a mom. And listen, I think it was Serena Williams that said it when she had to quit right? Because she wanted to have another baby. And she was like, if I was a guy, I wouldn't have to make this choice right now. And and I remember when she said that because I was like, huh, yeah, that's 1000 fucking percent true. And it is most definitely my greatest challenge, of course, I think since since I had kids. It's like, how do you be this 100% present mom, right? And how do you be this 100% present CEO or whatever you are. And the reality of it is most of the time you actually can't. And it, it's – so you're going to feel the pull on either side. And I yes. think – and but it's to your point. It's how do you reconcile that? And I do think that the husband for sure gets – what does Roger always say? Ro- short end of stick? Yes. <laughs> and goes, that's it. Wait. Hi, I'm short end of stick. And I'm like, that's a fancy. yes, but right. you got me for 18 years to yourself. And when and- they go to college – you have me back.
3: <laughs> just give me a little patience right here. percent But it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. There's also, and then there's like just the existential part of it as a woman, right? As somebody How much who's do like, we have? How much but, do we have? And it, but there's also, there's a beautiful quote by Carl Jung that says, the greatest burden on a child is the unlived life of the parent. Hmm. And there's another part of it, which is, I think there is the like, do it all. And there's one level of that. But there's also like an aspect of like you, Rachel, mm-hmm. as a human, mm-hmm. as a woman, mm-hmm. as a creator, as an artist. Mm-hmm. You have things that you not just for building a business, but like, as a human, there's things you want to like oh, just for yourself yes. that you want to be. And I it was funny. I received an email from Pax's science. My sorry, my eight year old's uh, science teacher mm-hmm. recently. He said. Pax just told me about all the amazing research that you're doing in in with microbes. And he said that you sent some microbes up to space that apparently eat <laughs> plastic. And he also mentioned that you're doing some other environmental research with microbes. And he just sorry, he just turned eight. So he said this when he was seven. Of course. And she went on and on about all the things that seed is doing. And then I had this moment that I was like, <sighs> this, mean, this also means <sighs> something to my children. I'm doing something and, right.
1: And this and is like, getting blessed
3: and he understands like what I do and cared and cared and felt proud of it and she also said he's so proud of you and it was just like when so I I I do have moments like that where I'm also just really reminded that the doing of what I'm doing also feels impactful Mm -hmm. even if it takes away time of certain other things that are really meaningful and there, you. What I also know is, and you probably know this is, in your, you can't, you, you just, you can't make everybody happy all no, the time.
1: No, you can't, and it's the Maybe. hardest lesson to learn, I think, for women. It is. I, I really do, and I think we don't ever stop learning it. And I don't know that there's a point we just throw our hands in the air and be like, "I'm sorry, fuck off for now," because this is all I can do right now. You just go, "This is all I can do right now." I'm sorry. <laughs> like, hold right. it. But I think you're doing great you're changing the world, you're changing the lives and the health of so many people in so many ways. And I'm lucky that I do have a little bit of a window as to what's next, but I can't wait for what's next. And I can't wait for the rest of the world and all the seed diehards. And if you're not a diehard seed person, you need to be a diehard seed person because it changes the way you feel every single day. I Thank really you. do. My dad's even taking them <laughs> 86 amazing. my dad is taking seed just started first thing my dad's ever actually done for his health by the way
3: um, but for me i hear a lot of i hear uh, so many people say i literally can't get my parents to do any of the things that i tell them to do so True. but i got them to take seed it was, isn't that it's, amazing yeah kind of funny yeah so. and i have a lot of beautiful stories that we hear from The children of like older people who talk about the impact on their parents' life, which is really cool. I love it. Era. I love and adore you as a human,
1: as a badass and all the things. And I love your brain. Thank you. It's that time in the show when I answer two listener questions. So let's see what we have today. Okay. What TV shows are you watching currently? And do you like The Crown? Honestly, you will laugh so hard. It's so embarrassing. I have a teenager, which I say that as if it's my excuse, but I really am a closet teenager when it comes to shows and movies. I'm currently rewatching Gossip Girl, and I'm actually even more obsessed with it the second time, which is even more embarrassing. I have already watched Outer Banks twice. I have watched the After series, which is like literally like a teenage book series And Bridgerton, multiple times, both seasons. Can't wait for the third. And I think that's about it. I have seen The Crown. I saw the beginning. I don't know how many seasons there are, but I have not watched the most recent season. But it's always weird for me when actors are switched. Like, I, I, it's very hard for me. I've always struggled with that. Like, when they do that in movie, like, trilogies or series, like, it's weird for me to get into a new person pretending to be the same person from the last season. So I feel like that's kind of bothering me a little bit, even though I think she probably looks a little bit more like Princess Diana. So I have not watched the most recent, but I definitely think I will. But I will say this very admittedly. When it comes to TV shows, I really need to watch things that aren't dark and heavy. It's very hard for me because life is really dark and heavy in a lot of ways. And I have always, I don't watch a lot of TV. So I find that if I have the privilege of getting into bed quietly, at like 11 o'clock, I'll literally turn on something. And when it's really good and like kind of mindless and I can just like fall into like a silly love story, like a boy meets girl romance, I'm so happy. Because sometimes you really just wanna see a happily ever after or relive your like teenage romance life. I don't know. I was a big teenage romance person in my real life. So I think part of me just really enjoys that. Okay, so next, what is my Starbucks order? I've been asked this so many times over the years and I have to tell you, you are gonna be so upset with the answer because it couldn't be more boring. It's literally a venti English breakfast tea. I cannot drink coffee because of my acid reflux, although I do love it and would actually swim in a river of coffee if I could, but I can't, it just hurts me too much. So I drink venti tea with a little bit of half and half or sometimes some almond milk, but yeah, not exciting. But it really works and I really enjoy it. And I feel very English, but not really. Okay, don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to Climbing Heels Pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your question. Thank you so much to ERA for coming on the pod. Her story, honestly, I thought I knew a lot about her and I actually knew nothing about her. I find it so incredible with some of these really successful women and truly like, you know, ERA is a truly unstoppable force for all the best reasons. And I think we really talked about everything from, you know, growing up in Manhattan and, you know, feeling like she really didn't have very much compared to kids that she was surrounded by, and that her jump from public to private school, even though it was a huge strain on her parents, ultimately did change her life. And I think that what really sets Era apart from so many people that I know is that her intellectual curiosity, really about so many things, from like film and building and, you know, athletics, to microbiome in the body and how it changes everything about your overall health. But coming from tech and successful tech at that, is so fascinating to me because she's pivoted from so many different things and not because she necessarily needed to, but because she had such an overwhelming, polarizing desire to do something that felt fulfilling from a human perspective and just sort of needed to really fill her cup more in terms of like what her overall mission in life was. And I think as someone who is most definitely a workaholic and a mother of two boys and has a husband, you know, I think she very honestly talked About the struggle being very, very real. And I think not that many people talk openly about that because it is real. And it is real. And someone is going to get hurt and someone is going to feel left out because I think as one woman, you cannot be all things to all people. And that means your kids, that means your husband, that means your job. That means as a school mom, that means as a CEO, that means your team. And, you know, in Era's case, certainly with investors and a board, and it's a lot to carry. It's a lot to carry. And I think it's very important to highlight those things because I think it's important to know that not everyone's picture is perfect and the struggles are real and everyone has them. It's just everyone's look different. So if it looks easy, I can tell you it's not. (laughs) And I loved talking to Era. I learned so much today. She is I don't know. She's mind-boggling and mind-blowing and so impressive, and I just admire her so, so, so much. If you want more Climbing in Heels content, follow me on at RachelZone, at Climbing in Pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. I will see you all next week. Mwah!
4: Welcome.